So welcome one and all to another edition of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk and TV. We are your hosts, ghost hunters and authors, myself, Rick Hale, and Stephen Lancaster. Hey, Stephen, welcome back to another week of the show. Hashtag, welcome to the initiative. Yes, sir. Or at welcome to the initiative. If you guys do that on Facebook, we see it. When you say at welcome to the initiative. So, yes, we have, as per usual, a lot to go over today. Um, you know, we kind of like tease it a little bit in our Facebook group. But, you know, first up, I've got like uh, today, later on today, tonight, I am going to be a guest on Fate Magazine Radio. Nice. Which is, which is cool, man, because uh, I have loved Fate Magazine since the first time I found it in a uh you know, grocery store magazine uh, rack in Franklin Park, Illinois, which is, you know, just northwest of, of my beloved Chicago. Um, yeah, so it's like, you know, I got asked to be on the show and I'm going to be on it tonight. So, you know, just Google it. Check it out, everyone. It's going to be a good time. Yeah, Fate Magazine, man, that is old, old school. That is iconic. That was I think that was started shortly after World War Two. So we're going almost 80 years of consistent and constant publication of some of the weirdest stories imaginable. And I'm glad you said that because I think we've talked about it before. Um, maybe four or five years ago, I was interviewed by a producer on behalf of Fate Magazine. They were, uh -huh. And I thought the concept was great. They were trying to put together a show where modern-day paranormal investigators would go back and look into some, you know these old stories from Fate magazine and you know mm -hmm. see if they held any validity or anything you know that's that yeah but i nothing ever really took off from it yeah that's that's, that's a shame man because that would actually be a very watchable and very un enjoyable show and different man you know not yeah. the same cookie cutter shit but anyway exactly so rick has us another smorgasbord of supernatural goodness today I'm bring, we we are bringing the entertainment for you yes. our community of shadows yes all right great so, show guys so <laughs> see you later everyone no but you know first off let's start with this okay so you and I, we talk quite a bit on this show about, you know, the drama that is engulfing the paranormal community, right? True. And we both, we also have talked a lot about um, these so-called paranormal awards. Now, Stephen, you know my stance on the paranormal awards. I don't care for them because as you said before, it's the same cookie cutter stuff over and over and over again. It's the same people being nominated over and over again. So that's my stance on it. You go. I think it's silly. I, I think it's um it it's pretty much an example of what the paranormal community has come to. Mm -hmm. They create these things to boast themselves. They create right. these things to market themselves. The, the, the validation of how awesome you are. Right. The, the, the paranormal awards are nothing more than that participation trophy, 
you know, that the kid that isn't that good at baseball got. Thanks for being on the team, buddy. We know you sat in the dugout the whole time, but you're still on. <laughs> you know, so that's what it what they yeah. are, the, the participation trophies. And I can there was a there was something I was gonna say when you started the drama thing, but you know what, this statement uh is relative to the drama and to these these awards. Right, right. You don't ever see an actual paranormal researcher. And and you guys at home hear me say that a lot. The real paranormal investigators, the real researchers. You don't ever hear drama from them. No. You don't ever see their names for these awards. And and right, frankly, right. it's because people like Rick, people like myself, we're not in this to win awards or have our face on a t-shirt. Right. You, you know, well, it, you know, if you want to be TV, go be TV. That's cool, man. But TV is yeah. what it is. It's TV. It's not real research. So quit pretending and quit trying to get everybody else to pretend with you. Right. So, you know, I think that there is kind of there's also a thinking outside the box problem in the paranormal community, which is why the same which is why the same people get nominated over and over again. But this week, paranormal awards and drama came home to me, which is weird because I never get involved in this drama that is a part of uh, the paranormal community because one, I'm a freaking adult here, you know, and two, I am a serious researcher and investigator as well as author and writer. S same as yourself. Right. And, and before you continue on, which I'm sure it will end up being a very fabulous and intriguing story. Uh, yeah, it will be. The f here, here's the things, uh, guys and gals at home, whether you're listening to us on podcast or watching us on Label 13's YouTube, uh, Rick tells the truth. Rick is the most anti-drama guy I know. He's a brass tactics dude when it comes to the paranormal. And Thanks, you would never expect to hear Rick's name in correlation with some kind of drama. Point proven, he starts getting shit on with some drama and messages me. <laughs> Lancaster had to have something to do with this. because, and, and that didn't insult me at all because, yeah, somebody would have had to have, like, because Rick would never do this shit himself. So he's like, dude, did you say something? <laughs> Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, what me, buddy? You know, and and, and it wasn't. I wasn't asking you because I, I just wanted to make sure because you know sometimes even I'm 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 totally guilty of this. Like shit slips. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you accidentally say something or do something, and then it's like, oh man, that was just really stupid. But so I just wanted to make sure that you didn't say anything because we had talked about the paranormal awards um, extensively and you know in private in a message. Before this, but I want to get to the story, Stephen, because this is this is amazing. Like this has never happened to me before, and it better not happen again. That's all I'm gonna say. Better not happen again. So usually I wake up in the morning to message <laughs> you. You've been warned. Um, usually I wake up to messages, you know, in the in the morning, like you know, Rick, I love your show, or you know, you and Stephen are great. You are great, you know, Stephen. Well, you know, he's getting there, um, but he's great too. But this was different. So 
a couple of days ago, I made the I put a post on somebody's page about not a post, but a comment on a post that they made about the Paranormal Awards, and it was completely benign. Like there was nothing vicious or malicious about it because that's not the kind of dude I am. No. I'm not that kind of guy. No. So, anyways, I wake up. It was three morning, three or four mornings ago. I wake up to this message. It's like this person who I've been friends with for years on Facebook. I've been on their show. I'm not going to say them by name. Sure. Okay. Uh, been on their show, chatted with them. You know bounced ideas and whatever off of them. And they've done the same with me. It's a mutual respect. So this person was like, I'm sorry if I offended you with me being nominated for the paranormal awards. Okay. First off, it takes a lot to offend me. <laughs> I mean, like a lot. Usually it's anything that's dealing with like homophobia, racism, sexism, whatever. That's the kind of shit that offends me. Okay. So, and Secondly, I hate unnecessary apologies. I find them frustrating. Unless you actually wronged me in some way, there's no need to apologize. So I guess that I made this statement. This person saw it, and I told them, I'm like, look, you didn't offend me. I just think that they're silly. And then this person goes on to further say that I made, a, I made more statements, which I didn't. I let it end there mm -hmm. like there was nothing else so i don't know what's going on here <laughs> right i'm like confused because you know i'm uh, i'm an adult and i don't let this shit bother me but it did bother me because it's like is this person that said this trying to start problems with me i don't think so because they've never done it before or is the person that i made the comment on their post are they starting problems with me? Because even though they were, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, they didn't like the paranormal awards themselves, but maybe secretly in the background, they're like, you know, oh, hey, you know, maybe I do. And I, I'm just not, I, so I, I kind of like just left it right there because it's like, I, I told them, I'm like, look, do not involve me in this stuff. I'm not interested. I've been in this. I, I, have, I have been in, involved in this community, and I told them before you were even born. So please, you don't have to apologize. You didn't offend me, and that's where it's done. Well, so uh, you know, and and and, and I'm, I'm going to end it with this. I'm going to get all Chicago on people here, and I'm going to be like, "Hey, look, I." Do it again, and I'm going to name names and tell the entire world what a huge jerk-off you are. You heard? That's all I'm going to say. He <laughs> named names. So, so you know, Steve, what, what, what is your take on this? Because this is freaking ridiculous. I have two takes. My first take is okay. I think paranormal awards of any kind are stupid i think they're silly they're irrelevant they take away focus from what's actually important real awards like pulitzer prize nobel peace prize come at me with something like that and you'll impress me you winning a higgy pop award or, or shit that the internet just makes up i don't care but fact of the matter is in your situation and this is my second comment that okay you don't like paranormal awards i don't like paranormal awards that's our right 
Okay, it's yeah. not like we're out there slamming the nominees. Like, oh my God, you're an idiot, but we're not. You know, which is what never. And the, Stephen, I just want to add to that because I forgot to put this. I forgot to add this before. Like before, I made this comment. I didn't even know that this person was a nominee. I just saw that they've been released, and then I went back and I'm like, okay. I know this person, but go ahead. Sorry about that. Well, the only thing I was going to add is, is that's like, okay, you know, I've been a guitar player my whole life. Yes, you know that that, that metal is my passion. I love metal, hard rock, right? Your situation would be like somebody coming to me and saying, dude, metal sucks. <laughs> okay. Why would I take that personally as a guitar player? You, you see what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, you don't like metal. That's fine. Well, we don't like the paranormal wars. That's nothing personal against you or, or any of the nominees. We just yeah, we don't like them. We think it's stupid. But anyway. Yeah. But um, you know, like I said, I don't know what's going on with this. Um, maybe this person was just trying to start problems with me. And it's like this, man. Do you start these problems, this drama in the paranormal community because you're bored, got nothing better to do, or maybe you're just not getting any? I don't know. But um, it's, but like it's just, always that crowd. Again, yeah, it's like, you don't see the real people. The you know When did you ever hear a Dr. Barry Taft getting into some drama? You know never. what I'm saying? Never. Never. You know what I'm saying? Never. You know, uh, uh, your boy, uh, Layfair, uh, Playfair, you know, when, mm -hmm. when, when, have you ever heard him getting into any drama other than kicking the Warrens out? Yeah, or, you know, you know Underwood or, or Hans Holzer or any of those guys. Never. Because, you know, he, here's the thing. They were true gentlemen of the paranormal. And there were also, you know, um, like, uh, like Sarah Easta, who was a um, – she was um, she was a pioneer of ITC and EVP. Like all these people, they were true gentle gentlemen and great women of the paranormal, and they never got involved because here's why. Okay, and and when I started doing when I went on my first investigation in 1991, I thought I was the only person doing this that didn't have a PhD attached to their name. Right. Like up until that time, basically, it was uh, scholars and academia who were involved in the pursuit of the paranormal. Of course, you had, you know, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Kazmarek here and here in Chicago. And, you know, they're, they're, they're doing their thing, too. But there were very few people back then actually doing this work. Now, because of the paranormal TV shows, um, which, you know, are you know pretty much choking up the cable, you know, and, and our streaming services, um, they, it brought, it, it kind of like opened it up to everyone. So now you have some, and I'm saying some, not all, because there are really great investigators and researchers out there who don't get the time of day that they deserve, right? You have some, a large portion of it, moving in one direction, and that is to either be the only expert or to be the next big paranormal superstar. That's what they want to be. And they will do anything to get to that point. That, and and, and that is the problem. Their thought process is totally diluted. And it's like, why are you butthurt? That's what I can't figure out. 
It, it, mm-hmm. Why? Why are this is a a a scientific field, or it's supposed to be? You know, science is open to peers it, it, to study, uh, spitball roundtables, whatever you want to call it. You know, I don't get upset when Rick. I, I send Rick a video of an investigation. He says, "Ah, I don't know, dude. It could be this." You know. Oh, you motherfucker! No, no, you know, it's, no. It's, it's, it's going to happen one day. I know it. It's why are you getting up? There's this is people brought feelings into it. That's the problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This isn't something to 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 have your feelings hurt. It, they shouldn't even be in the equation, you know. But instead, it's drama, and it's uh, again, it's that group. Uh, of individuals they're all right. cattled along but anyway yeah let's not give this any more energy you know i just kind of wanted to go over this and you know just tell people do not drag me or steven into your bs because we're just not going to we're not going to have it more or less so word okay me. word up so hey um you got a haunted salvage for us, don't you? I do, and that would be yes! a great time for the little haunted salvage logo to drop. I am. Anyway, so you know, occasionally on this show, you know, we do various segments: creature of the week, mm-hmm. weird news. Ghost Watch has been uh, very successful. And occasionally I'll do one called Haunted Salvage, which, which is I love. It's my favorite. based on uh, one of these allegedly haunted items I have here in the house. Well, we've all heard the stories that it seems like renovations. You know, mm-hmm. when somebody's working on their house or altering something in their house, that's when their activity, it, it starts to blow up, right? Well, it, it had been quiet here in the house. And as you are aware, you know, I spent a couple months renovating a room to make a recording studio. Well, when I started doing that, ripping out flooring, ripping out this, that, and the other thing, um, we started to have activity again here in the house. And typically I can narrow it down to a specific item because I've spent time researching it. But this was different. It wasn't an actual item per se. It was this room. And I, I, when it happened, it was actually um, the Saturday before Valentine's Day. Well, last Saturday, I think. Not yesterday, but the week before. And uh, my wife and I decided we were going to go out to eat dinner. So on the video, you see me walk out of this room, hit the light switch, which is just back there. You'll see it better on the video. And we leave. Well, maybe 10 seconds after we leave the house, this overhead light just comes on full blast, <laughs> full blast, right. man. Like somebody flipped the switch and my surveillance camera caught it.
And that's what we're showing you guys on the screen. And, you know, I'd sent the footage to Rick. And, and I can remember when, when Christina and I came home, I noticed immediately under the door to this room, I saw light. And I questioned myself. I was like, I know I turned that light off. Didn't I turn that light off? You know, and she's like, well, pull the surveillance up. So I pulled the surveillance up. And that's when we see what you guys are seeing at home right now. If you're watching us on YouTube um, at Label 13 Videos, if you guys are listening to the podcast, come to Label 13 Videos. You can see this stuff. Uh, you see me leave. Flip that switch mm -hmm. and leave. And then the light comes on. You do hear like a popping sound. But what that popping sound is, is the camera switching over um, from night vision, you know, to, to regular lighted vision whatever you want to call it but rick had pointed out some anomalies as well you know i didn't take a lot of time to study it i i knew i never flipped the switch so it was kind of enough said for me you know but rick what what did you think about what happened well you know you talk about these anomalies that you know i told you about and there's there's a couple of them there's well i mean there, there's a lot of movement going on in the room um, and, you know, being a very visual person, like I noticed them right away. There is like this. Now, we, of course, we don't really do orbs on this show because we all know what orbs really are. Although there are light anomalies that do present themselves during investigations. Um, but you see like this weird amorphous blob um, move from right to left across the screen. And then right before the light turns on, you see what looks like something, I can't remember if it shoots up or shoots down, but anyways, it shoots over the light switch and the light comes on. So, I mean, it, hey, you know what? I know that, that your pad is, is haunted AF, man. I, I know that because you keep a lot of stuff in there that, you know, you can, you know, clearly show has got something attached to it you know like norman the doll for example mm -hmm. um which my wife my wife said one day she's like holy shit does he really keep that thing in his house i'm like yeah he does um but yeah i mean you definitely there, there's a lot of movement going on in the room this amorphous blob this whatever this is shooting up over the uh, light switch and the light coming on and yeah it showed you clearly leave this room and shut the light off. Now, at first, I'm thinking, because you're telling me, like, I know that I do this, like, I go to turn a light off, and I don't, I just sort of brush it, and it gets mm -hmm. caught in between being on and off. And, you know, any kind of vibration in the house can either turn it on or turn it back off. No, in the video, you clearly turn this light switch completely off. Mm. That much is obvious. And like you're talking about the anomalies and, and guys, we've been looping this on the screen. Um, a haunted salvage segment I did uh, a couple years ago on this show. Um, I'm not sure where it's at or it's not reachable, but you remember the little wooden tiki uh, from Korea that was thrown across the room. Well, you remember mm. there was like that transparent anomaly that kind of moved in the in the same motion. As it, you yeah. know, you see this anomaly and then the totem goes flying across the room, you know, so is that some form of energy? I don't know. 
you know, it's hard to say there's a lot of dust in this room, but what's interesting is there, there isn't any form of current. Okay. The windows are blocked off. Um, I don't know if you can hear it. I got a little floor heater beside me that's running right now, but there, there's no central air in this room whatsoever. Um, that's why I'm using a little portable floor heater right now. So that did kind of throw me off a little bit to see all this shit kind of flying around the room when there's no air current. Yeah, You know, that 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 was interesting. But nonetheless, uh, this haunted salvage was the room itself. Could it have been one of these objects behind me that did it? I don't know. All I know is the light switch was down. When I came home, those lights were on. And what made it really interesting is that light switch was still down. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that was definitely the most interesting part about it. You know, that it could also maybe make somebody think that maybe there was a power surge, but I don't think power surges work that work that way. So, you know, what whatever the case may be, it's a really interesting video. There's a lot going on in that room at the time. And um, well, just look at know, how often we it. film this show and how many episodes we've done from this room. Have you ever seen the lights go off? No, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or, or any, I mean, back there, you know, there's no, uh, there's no, there's never been like a, a, a history uh, of some kind of electrical interference or electrical malfunction. So it's like a one time sure. thing, man. But, anyways, moving on. Moving on. So, okay, a couple of days ago, I get this really uh, interesting picture from a um, friend of the show and uh, confirmed Canadian, Terry Koenig. <laughs> and as, as everybody knows, we've been following this story of our uh, government shooting stuff out of the sky that they don't really know what it is. All of a sudden, this has happened because of, you know, a spy balloon. Personally, I I think it was just a weather balloon that, you know, got off the beaten path. But so I get this picture from Terry Koenig and um, it was a picture that he took from a video that he sent to you. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if we can show both the video and the oh, picture, yeah. that'd be great. So people can see what we're talking about. Up in the sky over this house, you see a line of white dots. And there's like, you know, there's some movement there. So he sends this to me asking, you know, it's like, hey, what are your thoughts? You know, he, he writes this, of course, in Canadian. So I'm like reading it with like, hey, buddy. What do you think these pictures are? <laughs> so um, we're, we're just, we're just fun and yeah. Uh, Terry, I'm not um, confirmed Canadian Koenig. Anyways, um, I mean, every here. insult I say. His, his his like floppy head um, <laughs> so he you know he he said he's you know he asked me what 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 do you, what do you think this is and he sent you the video mm -hmm. and asking you what you think this is so i'm like wow this is really cool because this is something that a lot of people have reported seeing um way before this happened like there's this that mass sighting in Mexico that happened in the early night, late 80s or early 90s, which looked very similar to this. And they didn't know what it was and still don't know what it is to this day. Or uh, the Phoenix Lights, uh, which happened in, in, I believe it was 1997. Very similar thing. But we have an answer to what this was. And it was Elon Musk's Starlink satellites. 
<laughs> you know, it's like I, I, I almost I hate I, I went on the Internet, looked it up, you know, made sure looked in, you know, several different places that it that the Starlink was just recently launched and these satellites were deployed. And that's what people were seeing. But, you know, it does it, it, it does bring how does bring this up. How many times have anybody seen something? And they're like, that's a UFO, that's a ghost, that's a cryptid. And they're like, oh, my God, I saw something amazing when it really was either just a bear or a cold breeze because you got some drafty windows or Starlink satellites. It threw me off when I initially watched it because as you guys can see in the video, this is a straight line it, 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 of lights. I mean, none of them are off. It's a straight damn line of lights. And mm -hmm. it reminded me, um, for you old schoolers out there that remember remember the um, levels in Mario with the the line of fireballs that would mm. just spin around the screen, and you had to time it and jump. Well, it was that straight of a line of lights, and uh, it threw me off. But then uh, Rick did some investigating, and you know the. These are the things we're supposed to be doing, guys, not not accepting things at face value, you know, and, right. and Rick figured out exactly what people have been seeing, not only in Canada, but but other places as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it's it's it, it's one thing to present a picture or a video and asking people's opinion. It's an entirely different thing to say, I have proof. This is a ghost. This is UFOs. Because I tell you what, man, if you're going to put something out there and put the word proof next to it or underneath it, man, you better bring that evidence because there are going to be people out there. They're going to come to you and they are going to tear apart all of that evidence that you say is proof positive. Like I, I, I hate when people use that word proof. I do too, man. I do too, especially in certain uh, circumstances, <laughs> which we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But yeah, interesting video. If you guys, there's other videos just like it um, across YouTube, out on the internet, but Rick cracked the case. So you guys know what it is. And I did it with those damn kids and their stupid dog. Thank you so much, yeah. Scooby and the gang. Wow. So what do we got next, Steve? What do you got? You tell next. me. Oh, okay. All right. So I know you, you know, referenced Higgy Pop earlier, so please don't hate me, but I brought an article from Higgy Pop that I think we should, you know, go over. And I found this um, at our good friends over at the Association for the Scientific Study of Anomalous Phenomena, or ASAP. And the headline says, when it comes to hunting ghosts, experience and training is irrelevant dot 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 for the most part so you know thank you for covering your ass when it comes to old schoolers like us. Ah, no i know i i i got like agita from it dude i really did because experience and training does matter yeah really absolutely does. it does and so in, in the in the article they go on and they're, they're they do say something that I will agree with, okay? Just because you're an experienced investigator and you've been involved in this for decades doesn't mean you're going to get great evidence. Right, true. I, I agree with that. I mean, that is like, 
that's common sense, man, because you have people that they just move into this house, never believed in ghosts before, and start stirring some spiritual stuff up uh, because they're making renovations or whatever. And now it's like, hey, they become hardcore believers and they're catching great evidence. So, I agree. But let's talk, let's talk about this experience and training. Now, I don't know if you've experienced this, Stephen, but there have been many times where I've tried to offer um, sage advice, for lack of a better term, <laughs> to somebody who is new to this field. Okay, you get a lot of people who are in their late teens and early 20s that are coming into this. And as we all know, for whatever reason, this generation thinks that they know it all. And I get accused of gatekeeping. Now, if you don't know what gatekeeping is, gatekeeping is like, well, I've got years of experience. That means I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do kind of know what I'm talking about, but I'm also willing to learn as well. And and the people who accuse you of gatekeeping and want to be experts, they need to be open to that learning they, that, that learning also. And I get it, man. There are some old dudes and some old, old women involved in this who are like, you know, I've been at this for decades and decades and decades, so you need to hear what I have to say or, you know, you're just stupid. Like, yeah, that's gatekeeping. Mm -hmm. But when you get an experienced or, you know, trained investigator um, coming to you with advice – you really should sit down and take it because like when I was coming up in this field, uh, you know, I either, you know, the people who taught me were either long dead or across the Atlantic ocean in England. These are the people that taught me. Um, so I didn't have like a mentor. I didn't have anybody giving me sage advice. I had to, you know, read actual books in order to learn something. And I did learn from them. So you have to keep yourself open to learning from people who, frankly, do know what they're talking about, have been there, have experienced it. You know, what are your thoughts on this, Stephen? Well, I read the article, and I'm glad you brought it up. And I took some notes to talk about uh, the angle that this um, – article the writer of it i don't know who this person is i don't even think it said who authored the article um oh hang but, on a second it did hold on it did and it was um well it's at the end let me get to it uh yeah it does give you the author and and i'm a liar and where did it go yeah i can start okay We're, anyways i i thought i saw a, a writer of an art it's very there's a lot of problems that we could take an entire episode and, and, and break down all of the issues um, with this article that I don't think a lot of people are, are seeing. And, and, to, and to pull my notes up, the first thing that really bothered me, Rick, was this: the author of this article asks, is it really something you need to, be, you need to study to be good at? I don't like that train of thought. Mm -hmm. Of course you need to study. If you aren't studying and constantly bettering yourself, you're accepting everything at face value. That 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 comment or that question alone, I I quickly realized the intent, the the motive of the person who wrote this. Okay, they they're against the people who actually have experience and study and contribute to the science. Now, See, now but 
I, I'd like to speak to that. Um, if you, you know, you with these people, it's like they seem to think that they're going to get a really great education watching a television show. Yes. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some television shows like there, there's a few on Discovery Plus. I enjoy. I actually like um, because I do think that there is some real stuff going on, like uh, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. I like that show um, and watch it whenever it's on. But then you got shows like Ghost Adventures where everything is a demon. And it's like you have to be able to under understand um, what investigators in the past have gone through maybe to try and learn the intent of a spirit. Um, they're not a demon. They may just be somebody angry and just want somebody to listen to them. Well, I want to break down a couple of, of uh, paragraphs in this thing, get your opinion on it. Because, again, it, it, it shows that lack of education um, is not important to this author. That's their view. They're, they're, they're viewing, they're viewing the, the field completely wrong. Uh, one, mm -hmm. to, to quote the article, it says, There are countless examples of homeowners, families, and even children who have witnessed and documented paranormal activity in their homes. True. Have no issue with that. Right. It, it goes on to say many have even taken photos of alleged apparitions or spotted them on video. Mm -hmm. The quality of these accounts and the photos obtained are generally on par with those collected by established investigators. Mm -hmm. Okay. Face value, sure. But yes. a 13 year old with an iPhone who takes a picture of something has no has zero understanding of how that photo was captured right. what was the mechanics behind that photo what was all the environmental issues behind that photo okay it we can all take a photo of something that looks strange but there's a reason for it what i don't like about this paragraph is it's basically saying accept the photo for what it is without any research beyond that what do you think? Yeah. No, I can't do that. I can't just look at a photograph and and, and accept that. I have to take into account um, other investigators' notes, other investigators' evidence, um, even the ones who are old school, you know, like we are. I have to take into account, you know, like you said, the mechanics of this iPhone. How does it work? How does it take pictures? Or even, you know, or, um, you and I are both into photography. Mm -hmm. You understand it a little bit better than I do, um, but I just, I love pointing my camera at something and taking a picture. Um, but you have to understand what it is that you're taking a picture of. And I think that with a 13-year-old, I have always maintained the belief that whenever a child says that they see something, look into it. Sure. You don't necessarily have to believe it 100%. But look into it because they may be experiencing something that you're not. Um, but the 13 year old doesn't really have the experience or the understanding of how this iPhone works or how this camera works. So that's where they need to look it up and find out how, what makes it tick so they can understand what it is they took a picture of. So they need to study to be good at it, which is exactly. something this article is saying you don't have to be. And, and that's that's the thing that's killing me. Now, if this article would have started with there's a difference 
between the television investigators and real paranormal investigators, I would have I'd have gave a little more credence to this article. But mm-hmm. it's it's not attacking it that way. It goes on to say the key thing to remember here is that we're only talking about the potential to collect evidence. So this family who knows nothing about photography, videography, knows nothing about paranormal research, electromagnetic fields, anything that we actually study and collect data on. They're going to take that picture. You're telling me that they have the same knowledge I do if I had taken that same picture. Bullshit. Mm -hmm. Bullshit. Okay, it says we're not saying all investigators are equal, but when you look at the standard of evidence collected by both these different groups, they both have the same potential to capture comparable evidence. That's wrong. That is wrong. What that should have said, we're not saying all investigators are equal, but when you look at the standard of evidence collected by the television group of investigators and real paranormal researchers, there's no comparison. Yeah. None. This writer is confused as to what actual paranormal research is. Mm -hmm. And, And they wrote the article to serve their agenda. Yeah, I think that they're coming out of, you know, they're very they're presumptuous. Coming, exactly. They're coming at this from an angle where, I mean, right off the bat, I mean, they're they're very dismissive. Yes. About about people, you know, in the old school way of doing things. Um, and, you know, that's that's not right, because <laughs> you should respect your elders. You know, I used to hate when people would say that. But in a way, it's true. You know, you should listen to these older investigators and allow yourself to be mentored because believe it or not, although we're old and fat and ugly, we kind of do know what we're talking about. Well, you know, people want to throw around that word evidence without actually realizing what the definition of evidence is. It's one thing, and we've talked about it on this show before, it's one thing to snap a picture, throw it up on social media or, or wherever and say, Look at this, guys. Look at this ghost I caught. Usually it's like with a red circle around it with some <laughs> right. arrows, which the, to me, the only thing that this picture proves is that red, that mysterious red circles and red arrows occur in nature. That's the only thing that it. I, I've said it. it before and I'll say it again. You can show me the picture. Now tell me why. Mm-hmm. That's the part nobody can ever say. Why is that a ghost? Mm-hmm. Nobody can answer that question. That's right. where you have to study. I need to know why that's a ghost. Yeah. No, but I you don't ever hear that. And and just like this, the author of this article doesn't want to hear that. Again, it goes back to being butthurt and feelings. God forbid me or Rick look at your, your, uh, your video or your photo and say, ah, guys, it's actually this. Because they don't want to hear that. No, that's why we're shit on. We're shit on because we bust the shit out of their fucking paranormal. And as we all know, and you always say, nobody likes their paranormal busted. And that's why they all stick together. They're their own clique, that television crew. You know, it's not something you've got to study to be good at. That is absolutely ridiculous. That is like, that's like me and you, Rick, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, We'll, we'll use being a musician. As a a great example, 
I hand you a guitar. I put on my guitar. <laughs> now, okay, now, now hold up. According to the author of this mm -hmm. article, there should be no problem with what I'm about to say. Okay, so I hand you a guitar. I put on a guitar. We're about to walk out on stage. People snapping pictures. Oh, Rick and his guitar. Steven and his guitar. Now they share those Whoa, pictures. Stallions. They 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 share those pictures. Everybody thinks you can play fucking guitar. Right. But they but when and they show you the video with these little sausage fingers, trust Rick me, can't, I can't play shit. So to use that as an example, you TV people out there, you people trying to be famous. You guys are the person that puts on that guitar and takes pictures with it to look like a guitar player. You're mm -hmm. not actually playing it. Oh, well, hey, it's like, you know, you know, you don't get something shoved in your ass and it gets stuck and you go to an amateur proctologist, right? You go to a cat that's been studying proctology for years to get that thing unstuck from your butt. Something that is very common <laughs> for all of us. You know, your 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 wife is a former nurse. My wife is a nurse, and I'm sure that they would both agree that nobody just gets something accidentally stuck in <laughs> Moving on, so Rick. No, but no, but 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 you get what I'm saying is is like you don't go to an amateur doctor. Um, you don't go to an amateur plumber when you have like serious plumbing problems. You go to people who are learned who are learned in this. They've been studying it for years, been practicing it, and experienced. Same goes for paranormal investigators. You don't want the chuckleheads from Ghost Adventures in your home. You want cats who have been involved in this for years and people who are really serious about this kind of kind of stuff. So, so did you have more concerning this article? No. The last thing I'm going to say on it is uh, on this hand, you have the air guitar people. Okay. That's you. That's me. <laughs> That's the TV people. The people who want to be famous. They're the air guitar people. And on this hand, you have the people who can actually fucking play. If I'm going to learn guitar, I'm not going to the people who are pretending to, I'm going to the real deal. Right. And that's exactly the way that this has to be. Now we're not, you know, trying to be snob. We're not trying to gatekeep. We're not, we're not trying to dismiss. It's common fucking new. sense. It, you want to be is. good at and something. Exactly, you've got to fucking learn. You've got to study. <laughs> and that's exactly where I was going with, with my closing statement here. You have to know what you're doing because the last thing you want to do is go into a house with a young family that has really young children and stumble around using cuss words and then running out of there terrified because, oh, my God, you have a demon here. It's the last thing you want. You want somebody who is going to go in there and, you know, maybe help you get rid of what's going on or help you live with what you've got going on. And I've actually had a lot of really good success with teaching people how to get along with their ghosts. And that's what you need. Well, with that, that being said, some ghosts are hard to get along with Rick. And that, oh. that, that may lead to one of our news of the weird. <laughs> so yes, here at the shadow initiative, paranormal talking TV, we like uh, displaying those news articles that, well, they just don't really get uh, the mainstream 
um, use that they should. So we don't have just two or three. We got four today. And we're going to start off with some really, really horny ghosts. Texas couple. I know, Texas. Um, Texas couple insists their home is haunted by sexual ghosts who talk dirty. Bow, chicka, bow, 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 bow. So that's, you know, me playing guitar there. From um, the so, 70s porn? Yes. All right. You know what? You yeah. and I should both throw like a porn stash, homie. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's funny. My my son is like, oh, I, I you know, I'm going to grow a mustache one day. And I'm like, all right, whatever, man. He's going to grow himself a little preteen porn stash. But uh, it's Casper, the horny ghost. A Texas <laughs> couple claim their house is haunted by erotic ghosts. Yes. They like to talk dirty. Yes. Now, keep in mind, this is an elderly couple. So it's it, it gets really, I, I mean, it, it would be weird for anybody, but it just gets really weird because this is a, you know, an elderly couple who, you know, probably don't really get into this kind of thing. So sexual, Linda Hill told WFAA. Oh, wait, first I got to say this comes from the New York Post. Um, sexual, Linda Hill told the WFAA of the supposed ghost tendencies. There's no other way to put it. Stupid pop-ups. Hill said she and her husband started renting out the property on Denton Street in Gainesville several years ago and initially had a hard time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can't write this stuff. I mean, you know, it's it's amazing. Um, had a hard time believing rumors that it was haunted. Um, that is until one of the apparent ghosts made a move on her. Come here, baby. Do tell. Uh, yes, it gets juicy. Hill said she was taking a shower at the home when she claims she saw and heard a dark figure on the other side of the curtain say to her, looking good. Oh, she said she thought it was her. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. She says she thought it was her husband, but he walked through the door moments later asking whom she'd been talking to. And it was like, oh, my God. It really is haunted, Hill insisted. And they give a picture of the woman on this, Stephen. If you could just, you know, so we can give, you know, people the under, you know, better understanding that this this is an elderly couple. Um, Hill said the home, which was built in the 1840s, is rumored to be a formal brothel. Yes. So it just gets sexier from this point, which is why she believes the spirits are inclined that way. The couple has even had paranormal enthusiasts, oh my God, visit the home and armed with electronic voice phenomena equipment. And Hill claims they also heard the horny house guests. I love that alliteration, horny house guests, being suggestive. Oh, baby. Oh, baby, yeah. Hill claims one apparent ghost said, another purportedly said, yeah, I like it like that. Nice. <laughs> you kind of ghost, Steven. Yes. Uh, the home is one of several in the area that the couple say they they bought several years ago to rent out. Hill said the Denton Street home is the only one of their properties that couldn't keep the same tenant for longer than six months at a time. She claims they started asking questions after wait a minute. She claims they started asking questions after ten tenants moved out in less than two years, and one of them alleged the house was haunted. The people say they eventually gave up renting the home to live-in tenants and now save it for those. Here it comes, Stephen. 
you're going to dig this and everybody else is going to dig this. Save it for those who want to investigate paranormal activity. Boom. There you go, man. Busted. Because here's what's going to happen. They're going to charge paranormal enthusiasts an arm and a leg and various other body parts. <laughs> and they investigate their home. And they can bring their electronic voice phenomena equipment. Yeah. Audio recorder. Audio recorder. I mean, recorder. you know what? This this is a cottage industry. Paranormal porn. We we you know what? We got to get on the ground floor of this, Stephen. That's all I can say. Look, ladies and gentlemen. You know, Rick and I. You know, we 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 are so grateful for for all of our listeners, all the people who watch the the TV version of this show. But we're always racking our brain on how can we get a budget. You know, how can we make this show better? You know, I mean, Rick's on to something here, you know, with with the the paranormal porn. Fantastic idea. I you know what? I think, Rick, we need to merge. We need to merge with a pharmaceutical company if we really want to see some big dollars because you've got you've got Viagra. Right. Mm -hmm. What about for ghosts? We need we need Diagra. Diagra. Yeah, because you're dead. dead? Oh, yes. You know, just because you're dead doesn't mean you can't get hit. I see us making a billion or going to jail over. Oh, this. oh, we we put the hex in sex. Diagra. <laughs> yeah. Dude, Diagra. Look, man, ectoplasm drying up. We can help. <laughs> Diagra. Just because Gross. you were an organ donor doesn't mean you can't get a boner. Holy shit, I could go all day. Haunt, taunt, I know you, and I'm... flaunt with confidence. Mm-hmm. Get Diagra. Get Diagra. (laughs) Emit more than just EMF. Give them something to scream about. Diagra. For the ghost who isn't quite the most. (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) Diagra. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here first. Yep, you did. Diagra. But, uh, you know, I want to kind of speak to this a little bit. I mean, there are, you know, episodes in you know the annals of paranormal in the um, what annals not oh, annals you oh, okay know. sorry my annals God, chronicles whatever you want to call it anyhow um you know where there have been you know stories of ghosts that are you know sexual in nature you know you get the incubus you get the succubus but of course that was just you know the old roman catholic church trying to make people feel bad for nocturnal emissions but you know you also have the entity case at Doris Spithers. Doris Spithers. Yeah. yeah. And, doc, exactly. and speaking of Dr. Barry Taff, he, he was like on that case. It's fantastic. Yeah, he really was. So, I mean, it does happen, but here's the thing that last sentence in that article just tells me everything I need to know. So, Casper the Horny Ghost, good luck with all that. And remember, get Diagra. You heard it here, folks. So, next, this is great. Now, here, here at the Shadow Initiative, we love the police, okay? We really do. Like, the police have got a, a ton of stories, either dealing with the paranormal or just dealing with crazy stuff, period. This one is the craziest. Police stand... Oh, this is from tristatehomepage.com. Police standoff in Pike County ends after it's discovered 
nobody was home. <laughs> That'll do it. I don't know how you make that mistake, man. I mean, it's uh, how do you like? There's nobody home, but you, you but bullhorns out there. Come out of your house immediately. There's nobody home. So this came from Petersburg, Indiana. A standoff that lasted hours in Pike County had a peaceful end after law enforcement discovered there was nobody inside of the residence where a suspect was believed to be barricaded. Indiana State Police were at the scene assisting local authorities in Petersburg. Part of State Road 57 was shut down between State Road 61 and 18th Street. Indiana State Police told Eyewitness News it was believed that a man wanted on a warrant was refusing to come out of the residence. Police say no one was found inside of the home. It's a very short article, um, but I mean, can you imagine that? You shut down an entire town because you think some crazy dude who's wanted on whatever charges is holed up in his, in his house, hunkered down, only to find out he's not really there. I mean, how embarrassing could you possibly get? Your tax dollars, ladies and gentlemen. Yep. Your tax dollars, ladies and gentlemen, at work in Petersburg, Indiana, Pike County. Um, I, you know what? I'm not a cop. Never have been a cop. Never played a cop on TV. Never will be a cop. Um, but I would think that if you're going to serve a warrant on somebody, you should probably make sure that they're actually in their house. Good advice for all you law enforcement out there. This isn't you're just a par- yeah. This isn't just a paranormal show, y'all. <laughs> So in other news where uh, it, it appears that Skynet may finally take over and kill us all, supermarket robot escape store. <laughs> now, I love these supermarket robots, right? Like I, I see them coming at me and I immediately get all Doctor Who about it. Like, you know, exterminate the doctor because, you know, because I'm a nerd and I like science fiction. And that's exactly what I think. But a supermarket robot escapes the store. A robotic supermarket assistant made a great escape from a Pennsylvania store. Marty, a robot known to the regulars at the giant food in Hellertown, decided to leave the store and head across the parking lot. The tall, thin robot on wheels with googly eyes has been used by the store for several years. Its job is inside the store and usually consists of identifying spills or other hazards. So thank you for your service. Um, Giant Food Store started deploying robots in all of its 172 stores. This is the first known instance of a runaway robot. A spokesperson for the supermarket told Fox and New York that Marty was just getting a little fresh air. So this is how it begins, folks. The robo-apocalypse. They're escaping stores, going to kill us all. Well, making sure that all of their shit is in the store or cleaned up from the aisles. So that is number three. Steven, thoughts on the frightening robot that may one day kill us all and take inventory of us? Hey, Johnny Five, man. That's all I got to say. Johnny Five. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine he's going to get struck by lightning and, you know, become sentient. I guess it could happen. So last but certainly not least. Now, Steven, you're a cat lover, right? I mean, we've seen your cute little cat jump up on your shoulder. He's kind of an asshole, though, right? I mean, most cats are. His name's Satan. What do you think? (laughs) So our cute little cat, Kali, I I love her. And, you know, she's kind of like this 
farm cat that we just sort of adopted and allow in the house every once in a while. But there's some, this guy here in Nashville really seems to love a cat. And a uh, man uses cat to attack officers in downtown Nashville, police say. A 41-year-old man was causing a disturbance in Printer's Alley early Wednesday morning, according to the police. Metro Nashville police officers had their hands in downtown Nashville. Wait a minute. Metro Nashville police officers had their hands in downtown Nashville Wednesday morning after they say a man refused to cooperate and then used a cat to try and avoid being arrested. According to the arrest affidavit, 41-year-old Christopher Gaddis was spotted by MNPD officers on Printer's Alley. The officers approached Gaddis, who was holding a cat tightly in his arms and began yelling loudly when he noticed them coming police said. Efforts by the officers to convince Gaddis to be quiet due to a nearby apartment was unsuccessful. The report states Gaddis was found to have two outstanding warrants, prompting the officers to attempt an arrest. Gaddis immediately resisted by pulling away from the officers, according to police. This caused the cat in his arms to scratch him several times. Police said Gaddis then took the cat and shoved it in the face of one of the officers who covered his mouth with his hands. I mean, you know, we, we've talked about bad guys with swords on the show, bad guys with guns, but this is a first, man, to like use a cat that you just sort of pick up and use as a weapon against police. I mean, what is the worst that could happen? It's going to set their allergies off? I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, there could be more to this story. It could, it could all be uh, code. I mean, maybe this guy's really a pimp and what they meant by cat was pussy he you know what i'm saying he put one of his girls go attack you know attack the cops you know because who's going to admit that they that they were getting smacked by a prostitute now they're going to say it was a cat you know because that makes more sense you know or maybe they were there to arrest him because he littered (laughs) oh my god rick this show has derailed yeah, it really has. So to get it back on the rails, you got anything else for us today, Stephen? Uh, I think we got a ghost watch in store, don't we? We got a brand new ghost watch. Brand so today on ghost, a brand new ghost watch. So today we're going to travel to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, which is a mere 35, 40 miles away from my from where I live, and one of its most haunted places, the Brumder Mansion Bed and Breakfast. I'm Rick Hale. This is Ghost Watch. Like the rest of the United States in the 19th century, the state of Wisconsin welcomed a massive influx of immigrants, most of them from Germany. These immigrants who sought the American dream were attracted to the rolling hills and lush lush forests of the Badger State. Wisconsin reminded them of their homeland, and George Brumder was one of those German immigrants. When George Brumner arrived in his adopted country, he was well-educated, and being fluent in the English language aided him in his endeavors. Brumder soon discovered that many of his fellow immigrants didn't speak English and desperately wanted reading materials in their native tongue. Upon learning this, Brumder went about producing reading material for his fellow Germans, an act that made George Brumner a very wealthy man. After making his fortune, Brumder had an elegant mansion built along Milwaukee's exclusive Wisconsin Avenue. George's wealth and affable personality 
made him a favored member of Milwaukee's elite society. The mansion stayed in the Brumder family for many years until it was sold to Samuel Picks, a reputed mobster. During the Prohibition era, Picks offered two illegal services to the city of Milwaukee. The once proud mansion was used as both a speakeasy and a brothel. If you had the money to burn, you could find liquor and sex at the Brumder mansion. And trust me when I say this, business was good for Sam Picks. Throughout the 1950s and 1960s, Brumder Mansion changed hands numerous times. In stark contrast to Sam Pick's house of ill repute, the house served as offices of a local Lutheran church. When the church vacated the property, it became a billiard hall and later a coffee house for Milwaukee's beat culture. It wasn't until 1997 when the house was bought by Carol Hirsch, who turned it into a bed and breakfast that it is today. Although the new owner knew of the mansion's questionable past, what she didn't know was Brumder Mansion was very haunted. Guests of Brumder Mansion Bed and Breakfast have had several encounters with the ghosts that lurk in the mansion. One room, in particular, the Gold Suite, appears to be the most haunted in the mansion, and the ghost that haunts this room is anything but friendly. People who have stayed in the room have reported being awakened by vivid, violent dreams filled with disturbing imagery and gore. When they awake, they find that a bone-chilling cold fills the room, along with a consuming feeling of dread. Whoever, or whatever, this entity is clearly does not want to share its space with anyone. Carol Hirsch, the owner of the mansion, has shared in her guests encounters with the gold suite. The first incident. Mrs. Hirsch was getting the suite ready for an incoming guest when she made a peculiar discovery. In the bathtub, she found a strange red liquid that looked suspiciously like blood, making a small pool in the tub. She knew that no one else had been in this room and could not account for the strange red liquid. So she did what other proprietors might not do in a situation like this. She cleaned up the mess and concluded the ghosts were to blame. Her Second experience in the gold suite was just as mystifying and far more terrifying. One day, Mrs. Hirsch fell asleep in the suite with her dog laying next to her. When she awoke, she discovered the scowling apparition of a woman standing over her. Before she could inquire who the strange woman was, the ghost demanded the dog get off the bed. She then turned and faded away before the owner's eyes. Whoever this woman was, she definitely did not care for man's best friend. Apart from the angry dog-hating ghost of the Gold Suite, the other phantom residents of the mansion have a playful, almost mischievous side. The sound of giggling children running up and down the halls and slamming doors are heard even in the darkest hours of the night. Whenever an angry ghost goes to investigate, they find nothing more than a quiet, dark hall. One ongoing event in the house is attributed to these mischievous ghosts. They take great pleasure in playing a game of ding-dong-ditch by pushing the doorbell. When a member of staff goes to see who's there, no one is found standing at the front door. And there is the tumultuous sound of glasses and plates crashing to the floor in the kitchen. When a member of staff goes into the kitchen to check, expecting to find a mess, they find nothing. Not a single plate or glass is out of place. Mrs. Hirsch, of course, takes this all in stride. She firmly believes her ghosts mean no one any harm, and she has learned to peacefully coexist with them. When you consider its long and sordid past, it should come as no shock that Brumder Mansion is haunted. So if you're looking for a romantic getaway in the city of Milwaukee, 
you may want to give Brumder Mansion bed and breakfast a try. The rooms are quaint, the food is good, and the ghosts are always active. I'm Rick Hale, and this was Ghost Watch. You know, Rick, our old mm -hmm. people with their horny ghosts, that's where they need to go. They yeah. need, that's where they need to yeah. go. That's where they need to go. Because, hey, man, everybody loves a good bed and breakfast. And we know what goes on there. <laughs> yeah, so it can be dead head and breakfast. Yeah, with and be sure to bring your Diagra. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, it's only $29.99 a bottle. And me and Rick will autograph every single one of them. So if you have a ghost that you're secretly in love with, and you guys just can't take it to that next level, get Diagra. <laughs> yeah, like I said, we're either going to make a billion dollars or go to jail over this. So, or um, both. Or both, yeah. So, hey, great show, man. We had a yeah. lot of stuff to go over. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, we, we always want to make people think with this show. Um, if you disagree with us, Cool. You know, let us know. Hey, let, let us know what you think. We're always interested in hearing about your thoughts. Um, and, you know, if you have a ghost story or if you have a UFO story or if you have a cryptid story, please send it to us. Uh, we want to read them on the air. You can either send them to my personal email address, which is Rick, which is R-I-C-K-E-H-A-L-E 46 at outlook.com or you can send it where steven shadow initiative talk at gmail.com and honestly the best place to hit us up we are so accessible on facebook facebook.com slash uh what is it welcome to the initiative and then we've also got our shadow initiative group on facebook uh which is very active every day it seems like we're getting new members all the time we oh, appreciate you guys and gals. We really do because when Rick and I started this show, it was in our mission statement to create a fun, entertaining, and educational atmosphere that kind of goes beyond the boundaries of what people expect um, with Paranormal Talk Radio or just Paranormal TV. So we, we appreciate right. those who have been with us from the beginning and those who are jumping on this train as we're flying by. We would love, we love you very much, and that is why you are part of our community of shadows. So, Stephen, next week we got another great show coming up for for everyone, and let's tease it a little bit. Tony H. Cadwell is going to be joining us again. Good friend of the show, brilliant filmmaker, uh, novice ghost hunter, but he is willing to learn, and uh, that's that's one of the things that we really appreciate about him. Now, the reason he's coming back on the show. He's had some problems, Stephen. He's had some people say some shit to him and make him feel like, you know, hey, what he is doing doesn't matter. So we're going to leave it there and we're going to allow Tony to tell everyone about it. And also his new, uh, or I should say, latest documentary, which is Haunted Connecticut, which is really good. You know, check it out. It's on Tubi um, for free where you can see it. But um, yeah, so we're going to welcome back him back to the show next week. And he's going to tell us all about some problems that he's had. I'm very excited about that. I really like Tony. Him yeah, and I have had had a handful of private phone conversations talking about the paranormal. And what I really love about him is he is the epitome 
of everything you and I stand for here when it comes to the media and the paranormal. He's trying to put the real shit out there. And, you know, he's got our support 110%. Anytime you need backup, buddy, you just call Shadow Initiative. You know, you'll find it here. So, yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Come back next week when we have Tony Cadwell come back. And, uh, hey, have a great week. Steven, great show, man. Great show, man. We'll talk to you all next week. All right. Later.